You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. Hour three here on the Anita Marks show. That would be me. Greg Wyshynski joins us, the puck daddy. Spending a lot of time talking about the NBA playoffs. Guess what? The puck drops tomorrow and a lot of really great hockey to be played, specifically New York and New Jersey teams as well. Uh, Greg, good morning. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. How are you? My pleasure. This is the most wonderful time of the year uh, when the games start to uh, to matter. <laughs> so it's it's awesome. And the playoffs, like you said, the first round matchups this year are, are, are really, really, really solid. Absolutely. So let's start with our own backyard. Um, and we're talking about the Devils and the Rangers uh, for the first time since uh, the Devils eliminated the Rangers in the 12, 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, these two teams square against each other in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, so break it down for us. Uh, what can we expect in this series? Well, there are two teams that kind of like to play the same way. Um, the, it's funny. There's a lot of good defensive teams in the Eastern Conference that like to shut it down and and. and you know, put this thing in the mud like the Islanders and the Hurricanes do. Uh, the Devils and the Rangers love to skate. Uh, they love to give their star players room to create. Um, the Devils this season have been pretty remarkable. The best uh, points uh, percentage in the history of the franchise. Um, they've been able to do it by playing a real up-tempo rush style of offense, but they've also been able to take care of themselves in the defensive end as well. They're a very responsible defensive team. Um, and so that presents an interesting matchup again for the Rangers, wherein can they handle the Devils' speed uh, all around the ice in all three zones? The Rangers obviously are the more experienced team, having made the conference final last year. I think you can easily say they have the better goaltender in Igor Shcherbin over Vitek Vanacek. Um, but the Devils have some advantages in the series, I think, uh, both in, in their speed, the way that they play, and uh, the depth in their lineup. You, you mentioned experience. I think that's going to be really, really key, right? Because once you get into the playoff, it, it's just it's, it's a different vibe. You mentioned the speed of the Devils, uh, but it's a different intensity. Um, so, you know, how much weight are you giving to the Rangers because of their experience and how far, not just playoff experience, but how far they were able to take it last year, Greg? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you could see easily them getting up in a series and maybe the Devils kind of losing their nerve a little bit because you do have so many, not only the number of players in this roster, but key players in this roster. I mean, this is the first playoff for Jack Hughes. This is the first playoff for Nico Heischer, for Jesper Bratt. I mean, these, this, is, this is uncharted territory as far as the pressures and the spotlight goes for these guys. But at the same time, you know, the Devils have also – done a good job adding experience around them. You know, Andre Palat, who they signed last summer from the Tampa Bay Lightning, was famous for scoring some of the biggest goals during the Lightning Stanley Cup runs. Uh, Timo Meyer, who they acquired at the trade deadline in a, in a big blockbuster. I mean, this guy was in the wars in the Western Conference between the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights and other teams. So, you know, they do have some guys on the roster that understand the intricacies of playoff intensity, even if the majority of the roster doesn't uh in the same way the rangers do i mean my goodness i mean you're, you're with the rangers you're talking about like not only the players that made the conference final last year but also patrick kane with three stanley cup rings vladimir tarasenko with stanley cup ring uh they are they are certainly the team with the, the experience edge in this matchup um with that being said uh first game will be tuesday at seven o'clock seven oh eight uh p.m uh, that's when the puck drops you can listen 
right here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, the puck line, uh, the Devils are favored, and um, but you can also get the Rangers on the money line at plus 110. So let's start small and then look picture. Game one, who do you have? I'll take the Devils in game one. The, the enthusiasm of, of being in, in the playoffs, being on home ice, being in what should be a real chaotic atmosphere. I mean, anyone who's been to a Devils-Rangers game knows it's going to be like 60-40 Devils fans, but it's going to sound like 70-30 Rangers fans. <laughs> so uh, I'll give them game one. I give them a series, too. I, I, I think the potential is there for this to go seven um, just because of, of how evenly matched these teams are. But, but ultimately, I have to give the Devils the edge here. I think, think overall they've played better hockey this season than have the Rangers. It's just going to be a matter of two things. One, if, if their young players are ready for the moment. Uh, and two, if Vitek Vanacek can play well enough in goal for them to win the series. Not steal it. I don't think he's got that in him. But he just can't lose the series. And if that's the case, then I think the Devils advance. Wow. Okay. Um, you've got the Islanders going up against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, that game, puck drops tomorrow. Again, around the same time, 7.38 p.m. Uh, game one, Hurricanes favorite at home. Uh, as we know, just how great they are, especially on home ice. Uh, and, uh, and so they're, they're favored on the puck line. Uh, if you do like the Islanders, uh, you can play them on the money line at plus 150. But again, we know the Hurricanes are so good at home. Uh, so again, let's start small pitcher, then look big. Um, who do you like in, the, in, in this first, uh, first game matchup? Um, you know, it, it, I think the Hurricanes are going to establish dominance in game one. So I do like them at home in game one. I, the, the real interesting thing about this series is that there seems to be a genuine split between the hockey punditry and Vegas in, in this one. You know, the, the Hurricanes are still very heavily favored in this series. Uh, but if you look around at the predictions, the Islanders have become kind of a, uh, a glamour pick uh, for, for people looking for a first-round upset. And, and there are reasons for it. I mean, Ilya Sorokin is an elite goalie. Uh, they'll get Matt Barzell back for the series. He's been out since February, so they're going to obviously be better offensively. Plus, the Hurricanes are missing both Andrei Svechnikov and Max Pacioretty, two players that they're going to, you know, in theory depend on to score goals in these playoffs when, you know, every game is going to be tightly played and, and, and the lack of offense in previous seasons has hurt them. But, again, we're talking about a division champ against a wildcard team. We're talking about a Carolina team that has shown that is still winning games despite the losses in, in, in manpower. I do think it'll eventually catch up with them, but I don't think it's going to catch up with them in this series. I think Carolina's going to advance, and I'm – I'm, 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 I'm siding on the, on the Vegas front here instead of the punditry on this one. I hear you. Um, you know, uh, and, and I know you're really big on the Oilers coming in. Uh, Connor McDavid is just an absolutely unbelievable, right? So this is an Oilers team that, uh, that has just been sensational this season. Big reason why is McDavid 64 goals. Um, and so with that being said, Tell me all the reasons why you like the Oilers to potentially win the cup this season. I think, I think they've improved year over year. Um, like you said, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl have both been incredible this year, especially McDavid. But having them both healthy is the real key. If you remember, you know, Edmonton advanced all the way to the conference final last year, but it was because Dreisaitl was on his last leg <laughs> that uh, I think they were unable to, uh, to advance any further than that. Um, they're, they're deeper. They're better. They made a real smart uh, acquisition at the trade deadline of Matthias Ekholm from the National Predators, who uh, has been nothing short of, of spectacular for them, really shoring up their defense. 
They've got a kid goalie in Stuart Skinner who I think gives them more stability than they had in goal last year. They're better. They're better than they were last year. And, and I think, you know, the Western Conference is, is not a place where there's a real dominant team. Um, the Colorado Avalanche defending champion, I think, are a bit diminished, and even more so now that Gabe Landeskog, their captain, is not going to play in the playoffs uh, due to injury. So it's, it's right for the picking for the Oilers if, if they can make it through this first-round series against the Kings. Uh, and they were my preseason pick to win the cup, and I'll stay on it because I think they've got a chance. Well, uh, again, Greg Wyshynski joining us here. They call him the Puck Daddy for a reason um, and getting <laughs> us ready for the NHL playoffs. I, I guess really I buried the lead here, and, and the big storyline is, you know, why should this even be played out as well at all considering just how dominant the Bruins have been? You know, NF- NHL record for wins in a single season is 65 um, record for points in a single season at 135. Um, wire to wire, first place in the Atlantic Division. Most consecutive home home victories to start the season at 14. Tied an NHL record for most road victories at 31. I, I could go on and on. Uh, so their their first round in the playoffs is against the Florida Panthers. Uh, but you have the uh, the Edmonton Oilers beating the Bruins. Is that what you have advancing over the Bruins? Yeah, I had the Bruins coming out of the East, and then I had the Oilers beating them in the, in the Cup Final. Uh, do you recall a, a, a certain other Boston team that had one of the greatest regular seasons of all time, the Boston <laughs> Super Bowl? I think, right? I, I think it could easily be that again for a Boston team with the Bruins. Look, the Bruins are incredible, as for all the reasons you just mentioned. Uh, on top of that, obviously, they've got the experience of guys like Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. We've got fantastic goaltending. They can beat you in every facet of the game. The only thing that didn't really necessarily work for them all the time was their power play, but that's not going to be a huge factor in the postseason. Um, it, you know, it's going to take an amazing effort, something special to defeat them. Uh, I think Connor McDavid is something special, and that's why I think ultimately the Oilers will overcome them in the final. But, you know, these series in the East are very interesting for the Bruins because they won the President's Trophy for having the league's best record. The President's Trophy, famously in the National Hockey League, is cursed. Uh, mm-hmm. Only a handful of teams have won the President's Trophy since they started handing it out in the 1980s and went on to win the Cup. In fact, Anita, uh, during the wild card era, which began in the, uh, the uh, 2013-2014 season, um, no team that has won the President's Trophy has even played for the Cup. And all but two of them uh, exited in the second round, uh, which is you know because of this format that, that kind of forces the really good teams to play other really good teams pretty early in the, in the, in the postseason. So if the Bruins get past the Panthers, which I think they will, I think the Panthers are a tougher out than people think. Um, they'll get past them, though. They're going to have to play the winner of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's a pretty tough matchup for the Bruins uh, in that second round. Last but not least is the Vegas Golden Knights um, introducing Goldie, their first yeah. team pet, <laughs> being a goldish is... <laughs> Is did I is that the lead I buried? Um, if if, if uh, folks out there you follow hockey, you haven't checked it out, go to their uh, their their Twitter, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it's at Golden Knights, and they have a video introducing their uh, their their first team pet, and uh, and its its name is Goldie, and it's a goldfish. So, um, any any other any other teams in in the hockey league in the National Hockey League that have a team pet? <laughs> It's usually dogs. Uh, a lot of teams right? have team dogs. The Knights uh, put out that video. It was very clever like to, to do the swerve where it feels like maybe they're getting a puppy, but 
Uh, instead, it's a it's a goldfish. It's it's kind of nice that they got a goldfish because that means their team pet will uh, forget them getting upset in the first round, which is what I'm predicting. <laughs> I got the Winnipeg Jets over the Knights in the first round. It's one of the only upsets I'm picking in the first round. I, I think this could be a tricky series for Vegas. Um, look, they're very good. They're going to get their captain, Mark Stone, back. It wouldn't shock me if they won the series. But there's a part of me that just wonders if this is going to be one of those deals where a team playing pretty good defense down the stretch in in, in Winnipeg and has a, an all-world goalie in Connor Hellebuck who can't steal around in these playoffs um, and potentially set up a really fun series uh, between Winnipeg and Edmonton uh, in the next round. Love it. Uh, great stuff as always. Uh, really, really do appreciate your time. Again, Greg Wyshynski joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He's got a great column up on ESPN, Stanley Cup playoffs, guide to top storylines, players to watch, uh, and it encompasses all of it. So make sure you read his column. Greg, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. You got it. All right. Uh, we come back. We'll continue with your calls. Mitch and Adam, I see you. I see you. You want to talk about the Knicks. I get it. I'd want to talk about the Knicks as well. We also have Cynthia Freeland, who's going to be joining us this hour. Uh, what's the latest on Aaron Rodgers' watch? Could that deal happen this week? Will it not happen until the night of the draft or maybe hours prior? Um, we will discuss with Cynthia Freeland as well, coming your way in about 15 minutes. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. A lot of fun for Knicks fans. That is for sure. By the way, uh, we've got Tom and, uh, and Joe who are producing the show this morning. We've got an update in regard to uh, Stanton and what's going on with the Yankees. Gentlemen, what is the latest? I know Boone spoke to the media, right? He did speak to the media, and according to Twitter, pretty much every beat reporter that covers the Yankees on Twitter, it does appear Giancarlo Stanton will be having a stint on the injured list. Uh, mm. Again, it appears to be a pulled hamstring that is hurting him. And Marley Rivera went on to say that it appears Stanton injured it on that 403-foot double that he hit against the wall in left center field yesterday. Uh, if you remember, he had to get uh, subbed out for a pinch runner, I believe. And, well, now we kind of have clarity as to why that happened. So Giancarlo Stanton is hurt. Most likely, again, will head for the injured list. Uh, I, I know one of the, the hot topics heading into the season was, you know, him just DHing or him playing the outfield. I had David uh, Sampson, who uh, who joined us 
prior to the season starting doing a preview for both the Yankees and the Mets. And, and, and that was a hot topic because uh, David was obviously the president of the Marlins while Stanton was there. And, um, and, you know, he said, you know, one of the big concerns is injury prone and he's playing out in the outfield. Uh, you've got to be really concerned about it. And that was a big reason why he felt him, the Marlins and the Yankees don't necessarily, don't necessarily utilize him uh, enough in the outfield or, you know, to the amount of money that he's making, uh, which, you know, obviously would benefit a team. But Joe made an excellent point. He didn't injure it in the outfield yesterday. He injured it running the bases. So, uh, so you know, just a very interesting hot topic when it comes to Stanton uh, being injury prone and how he's utilized, not just with the Yankees, but was utilized that way as well with the Marlins. 800... You have another update? Go ahead. Yankees PR just made it official. Stanton to the 10-day IL with a left hamstring strain as Waldo Peraza recalled from AAA Scranton. There we go. So, um, good job, guys. Appreciate you with all the breaking news. 800-919-3776. Got a lot of folks continuing wanting to talk about the Knicks, and understandably so. Uh, like I said, got to feel really good about their win last night, and now they're 1-0 up in this series. Let's go to Mitch in East Windsor. Mitch, welcome in. Good morning, Nina. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. I would, I would take Gina Collins on my team any day. But anyway, the Knicks, that was some game. That is some this past offseason and in, in season, the sign of Brunson and the trade for Josh Hart. I don't think they've ever had it two acquisitions like this within the same calendar year, practically. Josh Hart is such a great player. He should be starting. He's great off the bench. you got to love it. Um, and Randall was a starting, too. It kind of makes up for some of the blown uh, draft choice of, of late. And what do you think about Clippers? You know, I think Russell Westbrook is going to have to step it up for uh, Paul George this uh, series there. You know, I think uh, Chris Paul doesn't win too well, doesn't do too well in the playoffs. And Durant's been hurt. Uh, how do you like their chances? And Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I don't like their chances at all without Paul George. And um, this is a Suns team. They're 8-0 with KD starting. So um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they got swept. I've got the Suns in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got swept. Uh, let's go to Adam in Manhattan. Adam, good morning. Welcome in. Hey, Anita. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a second-time caller. Welcome. So, I watched that game last night, and I got to say, I was really excited. You know, the Cleveland came back, tied it up, went up by two, I think with two minutes to go after the Knicks held the lead the whole time, and I was thinking, oh, this is it. They're going to fold. But, you know, God bless them. I think Brunson came up with a quick two points, and they stuck it through, and they won the game big time. So, you know... I, I hear a lot of talk, oh, the Knicks don't have a superstar, they need a superstar, but, you know, there's something really great and fun about this team. And I think if they play together, I think Brunson's great, Randall's great, Josh Hart, uh, they got a lot of good players. So, you know, I'm hopeful, cautiously optimistic, they could do something. Yeah, Adam, I hear you. I appreciate the call. We talked about the uh, the Knicks for a good uh, first two hours of the program and, and dove into all of that. Uh, you know, even though this is not a team that one would say has, I, I call it an alpha dog. That's, that, that's the phrase I use for it, right? 
there's no LeBron, there's no Curry, um, there's no Embiid, there's a, but you can argue that with the combination of Randall and Brunson, you're looking at like, you know, 1A, 1B in essence, or like a mini big three. If you add RJ Barrett, there are 12 games that all three of these cats put up 20, if not more points. So um, I, I do like the makeup of this team. I like the chemistry of this team. Uh, I think it was obviously a group effort in their win against the Cavs yesterday, considering how dominant Julius was in the first half. Uh, Jalen Brunson getting into some foul trouble and then came on strong. 21 of his 27 points were scored in the second half. So uh, just really, really good mix of, uh, of you know, shooting, clutch shooting, rebounding, offensive rebounding, second chance shots, and bench play was tremendous uh, on, on the Knicks side, of course. Uh, when we get back, Lou and Matt, I see you. I'm going to get your calls. I promise. When we get back, we got a visit from Cynthia Freeland. Uh, let's find out this week. Could this be the week that the Aaron Rodgers Jets situation gets finalized? Um, or does she think, what is she hearing out of the NFL network offices that this is going to ride out all the way through draft day, draft night? Uh, we will, we will find out. Uh, we'll talk to Cynthia Freeland about the Jets, about the Giants. Uh, Lou, Matt, hang tight. We'll get to your calls with you until noon this afternoon, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Cynthia Freeland in the house here on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, my friend. I know that you are one of the busiest women uh, in our industry right now getting ready for the NFL draft. Blessed uh, to have you spend some time with us this morning. Good morning. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Always have time for you. Come on. You know that. <laughs> I love it. All right, before we start talking draft, as we're just less than two weeks away, really excited about it. Uh, let's talk about some of the storylines, and specifically, uh, let's talk about the ones here in our own backyard. As you could only imagine, Jets fans here on Roger Watch, uh, a lot of um, positioning going on. Roger apparently is is um, coaching the Jets on how to handle the Green Bay Packers, telling them, listen, ride this out. Um, you know, they'll get desperate and on draft night, they'll buckle and they'll stop demanding the number 13 overall trade. Are you believing that? How do you think this is all going to play out, Cynthia? I mean, I, I actually, I believe the strategy. I think it's funny. That's actually the first I've heard that Rogers has told them to do that. But, uh, I believe the strategy though, because I do think that at the end of the day, the longer they wait, like people are talking about leverage and who has it and who doesn't. And the reality is, is once the kind of talks have started and, you know, Aaron's contract is structured in such a way where, you know, his, his, he could, he could just retire on them. And that's where the leverage really comes in. Right. So the, I, I think that it's, it's very true. And I think that's exactly right. And I think 
I think we'll probably see it like Thursday morning at like 9.30 in the morning Eastern. <laughs> Something crazy. On, on draft yeah. night of, of round one. Yeah. That's, when, that's when you're anticipating yeah. this to go down. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. You talk about you talk about leverage. In regard to leverage, the, the Green Bay Packers have it because, let's be honest, um, plan B for the Jets truly stinks. No, no, I mean, what, like Carson Wentz, uh, Ryan Tannehill, go back to Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, like what else is, is out there? Uh, they don't, I, I don't believe they have what it takes to uh, make an offer for Lamar Jackson. So I, I do believe in that regard, the Green Bay Packers have the leverage. Uh, but you're right in regard to, Aaron Rodgers' contract and him coming out and saying it's either Jets or I'm going to retire gives the Jets leverage as well. So I think both franchises have leverage. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I, I actually think, you know, I don't, and people were saying like Aaron lost his leverage by talking. Like, I don't think that that happened at all. Like, I think like Aaron has the most leverage because he's the scarcest asset, right? Like he's the most, you know, you cannot replace him very easily. And the Green Bay Packers, it's a $30 million at least difference if he retires versus if they pay him. So they need to clear that cap, meaning they owe him 60 and if he retires, it's like 90-something. So <laughs> they don't have a lot of – they don't have a lot – no one really has a lot of leverage here. They're kind of fighting – to me, this is like – this is Brian Gutekind's ego. That's what it feels like to me. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, she, as well as I, can see this playing out, and we won't really hear anything until, like, the morning or, you know, <laughs> early afternoon of draft night of round one. I- I'm with you. I agree with you on that. Um, uh, some other big news this week is that the Baltimore Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Rodgers had, had told the Jets that he was interested in, and he wanted uh, him to come to the Jets and play for the Jets. I've covered Odell. As you know, he spent a lot of time here in New York with the Giants. By him, there's there's no way Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Baltimore Ravens without knowing that Lamar Jackson will will still be there. There's just just no, I I know him. Winning is too important. and, And so now there's some reports out there that Lamar Jackson demanded the Ravens not only sign up Odell Beckham Jr., but um, Hopkins as well, and then we can talk, which means maybe Lamar then will come to um, an agreement with them in regard to a contract moving forward. They signed Lamar. What are you hearing about Hopkins? And are you believing this report that if the Ravens do lock down Lamar and, I, I mean, uh, Beckham and Hopkins, uh, that Lamar will uh, will agree to a contract with the Ravens? Well, I mean, number one, I agree with you. Odell's not coming if he is not getting some assurances of who's throwing him the football. Number two, mm-hmm. I think Odell needs to give Aaron Rodgers a thank you note because he drove his price up in the marketplace by saying he was interested in him. So bringing it back to the Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to begin with, I think that's – congratulations, that just made him a richer man. But also I think that – I don't know if I think that you know, Lamar Jackson has enough power to hold the Ravens organization hostage in the way of saying you must get both Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. I do believe that the move for Odell – was like, you know, when you're, you're, you know, you, you're, you're negotiating with an employer for your salary when you start, and you're like, okay, you know, and they're like, we can't come up any higher, but we'll give you more vacation days, right? Like you get some, some other perk that's not necessarily 
the same thing is, you know, just a little bit higher salary. I think that's exactly what the Odell move was. And I do think Lamar Jackson plays as a Raven. But as far as DeAndre Hopkins is concerned, I, that one's tougher for me because I don't know how – I don't know what the mark, like what the number would be for him, because if Odell's 15 to 18, then and he hasn't played, then what is DeAndre, and can can they afford all of that and Lamar on a franchise tag? But that so it, the the money gets murkier for me after that. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Before we let you go, you've been working hard at your draft board. Uh, you and I love the draft, um, and your analysis is is always so spot on. Obviously, a lot of talk surrounding uh, these quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, which one will go number one overall to the Panthers? Um, Anthony Richardson, will he go top five? Will Levis, will he will he go top five as well? Uh, where you stand right now with these quarterbacks, how do you see them playing out? I think Bryce Young goes number one. I think C.J. Stroud goes in the top four, but I think it could shuffle around a little bit. I think there's a potential that the Texans, there is a potential, not a strong one, but a potential that the Texans go defense with the number two pick. And then I think that would make number three, the Cardinals, a very rich position to potentially come up and, and trade for. Um, I think that we see probably, we, I think we see, I, I think it becomes a little bit more boring than we think, meaning like, I think we're all like, ooh, there's going to be like five quarterbacks taken in like the first 10 picks. No, 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 no. I think it's probably going to be something like, there's probably going to be four taken in the entire first Gordy is trying to get in on this interview. Did you hear him? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, he, has, he has strong feelings on the quarterbacks in this draft class. But uh, I think we, I think we, there's a potential we see, you know, four taken in like in, in the top like 15 and then maybe one more at the back end. So five total, which would be a lot. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be the top, the top of the draft. It just doesn't have as much leverage with other positions for people to come up and get in there. I just don't think people think this is as – strong of a draft class top to bottom. So I don't think there's going to be tons of quarterbacks taken in the first five. Do you think uh, somebody's going to make a play on, on hooker uh, quarterback from Tennessee? Yeah. Uh, because, because I in, in the first round, because you get yeah. that, that extra year. I, you know, I do. I also think that the reality is, is, you know, look like we've seen a lot of really strong wide receiver drafts in the past few seasons. And that's not what this is. We have a lot, like, probably tight end is, like, the strongest skill position in, in this draft class. And a lot of people don't believe in first-round tight ends, or at least as many as there could potentially be. So I think we see the quarterback just because we've gotten so accustomed to reaching for quarterbacks that I think people are like, well, I can get my other selections at lower draft picks, so I might as well take a swing at the most valuable position in football. And, you know, if, if this is the guy we think is the best one to take a swing on, take a swing on it wherever because – there aren't, there aren't a lot of, you know, the number of other positions in this draft that people think are strong. It just, they aren't, there aren't. Uh, before we let you go right now on your draft board, the Jets holding on to that number 13 overall pick, wanting an offensive lineman. Who do they select at 13? I, you know, I still believe it should be an offensive lineman. I think that it's, it's probably, you know, ho- uh, hopefully Peter Skaronsky from, Northwestern, who has some guard and tackle versatility, who I think is by far and away the best one in this class. But there's also a good tackle from Ohio State that could be good as well. But And I understand, like, you know, Mekhi Beckton's been healthier, et cetera. But 
I don't know, he hasn't played as many snaps in recent seasons, and if you're going to spend all this time, effort, and energy getting Aaron Rodgers to come to town, you need to protect all of your assets, including your running back. And last but not least, the Giants picking at 25. A lot of people see them taking a wide receiver. Uh, Quinton Johnson possibly still available there. I like Jordan Addison, um, Zay Flowers. Um, Your thoughts on what the Giants do at 25. Who do you have them taking? I would imagine wide receiver, and I think all of those names are fair. I, you know, obviously my favorite my favorite receiver in this draft is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, he's a slot guy. It's a little little different. Um, Zay Flowers, by the way, lined up uh, 67% of the time on the perimeter, so he's actually more of an outside guy despite his smaller stature. But you know, the the Giants also could look at. There's a number of really good defensive backs in this draft, and that corner position, they could get maybe the guy they think is, like maybe if like one of these quarterback jockey situations happens up at the top of the draft, one of the corners could slip and potentially fulfill another need that, you know, I, look, it's, I'm not saying they don't need wide receiver, but I think, you know, rounding out the defense would also be helpful as well. Great stuff as always, Cynthia. So appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Uh, take your pup to the dog park. That's where I'm heading next. I mean, and, uh, perfect. He just had a lot to say. He wanted to say hi to you. Make sure you knew he was here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Yep. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. You got it. Cynthia Freeland uh, joining us. I, I agree with her. I, I think this uh, this Aaron Rodgers situation uh, will will be finalized the morning of or the afternoon of uh, the first Thursday night, uh, the night of the first round. Um, so I, I agree with Cynthia. 800-919-3776. We come back, we'll take your calls. Lou, Matt, I told you we get to you. Simon, hang tight. Uh, we'll get to all your calls. And uh, I am off at noon. Like I said, I'm heading to the dog park. Uh, but Harry Hardesty follows me. So he picks up where I leave off, uh, talking all about, of course, uh, the Knicks winning game one against the Cavs. Um, I know Simon is questioning uh, Stanton and, uh, and, and his injury. So he's been placed, if you're just tuning in, Yankee fans, uh, he's been placed on the 10-day IL. We'll dive into, I'll recap all that and getting you ready for Larry Hardesty coming your way in about 10 minutes. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Let's try to get as many calls in as we can before we pass the baton on to uh, Larry Hardesty. And so let's go to Lou in Lincoln Park. Lou, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good, well, actually, good afternoon now. Um, I just want to talk about um, the New York sports teams all in general. For the first time, I believe I re- it was an article, I believe, I think it was 28 years ago, that the first time almost every team has been in the playoffs, of course, besides the Jets. But I want to say all the New York teams are actually – Above average, at, at least. Um, besides, well, the Sabres had a good season as well. Jets had a good season, but as you could, you know, tell, they had a little collapse at the end of the, of their season. But it's all positive vibes. Um, it was a good win yesterday as well for the Knicks. I believe they're also one star away from accomplishing where they want to be at. Second round exit. I'm happy with that. If if they even get that far. I, I don't expect them to get into a, um, in, into the uh, finals or conference finals, but I'm happy that they're they're in a position where they are. Um, let's go, old New York teams. Thanks for taking my call. There you go, Lou. Appreciate it. Let's go to Matt in Westchester. Matt, got to make it quick. Yep. Thanks, Anita. I just wanted to say I think a big reason for the Knicks' success and hopefully for the success throughout the playoffs 
is going to be the growth of their bench, the growth of their team as a whole, what they had to do without Julius Randle. I think that's really what's going to make them a dangerous team after the Cavaliers. Yes, I'm saying it. I think we beat the Cavs, and I think we give whatever team we see next a hard time. All right. Um, hopefully your mouth to the, uh, the basketball God's ears. That's for sure. Again, uh, Knicks take care of the Cavs. 101 to 97 game two Tuesday night, 7 30 PM. You'll be able to tune into that right here on 98.7 ESPN, your Knicks pregame show coming your way at 7 PM. So make sure you do that. Uh, today Lakers going up against the Grizz. I like the Grizzlies. It's now up to four it was minus three and a half. My favorite play in the first half at minus one and a half. Uh, that's my favorite play. I also like the under two twenty. Okay, those are my plays in regard to some NBA. You've got the Clippers and the Suns later on tonight at eight o'clock, and of course the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets at ten thirty. Golf Heritage opened up with our on the tee show from eight to nine a.m. Cantlay is who I'm playing. Uh, to win this bad boy, him and Fitzpatrick and uh, Jordan Spieth will be teeing off together. Cantlay is plus 260. Also, I like Taylor Moore to finish in the top five at plus 280, top 10 at minus 105. I also like Keegan Bradley uh, to finish in uh, in the top 10 at plus 280. So that's how I'm playing the uh, the RBC Heritage. Also, again, if you're just tuning in, unfortunately, Stanton has been placed on IL because of a hamstring issue. Again, I am done here. I want to thank our producers, Tom, as well as Joe. Great job producing the show. A lot of moving parts here, considering we're on for four hours. But Larry Hardesty picks up where we leave off, and I'm sure he'll have a lot more news in regard to Stanton and the Yankees coming your way next. Enjoy the week. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN.